Hello, welcome to this Wolves Fancast special. Uh, David Evans here, and I'm with uh, the lovely Luke Regan. Lovely Luke Regan. Yeah, I thought, why not? That could be more a professional wrestling name for yeah. next year's Wolves Rumble. Lovely Luke Regan. Wasn't there ever like a, wasn't there a wrestler that was like a, a lovely wrestler? Uh, lovely there, was, there, was, there was Dude Love, oh, which was uh, one of the three faces of Foley. Maybe. People are probably tuning this now going, are you doing a wrestling special, the fan cast? I'll be honest, I think... Or I think is this what was advertised when I clicked on the, the, the feed? I'll be honest, if they know the fan cast by now, they know that the fact Wolves fan cast is basically a wrestling podcast yeah. that talks about Wolves. People need to actually kind in, of get in, some in, WWE education Embrace for, yeah. the entertainment. Yeah. Or embrace the haters came once or two years ago. There's a little uh, hipster thing for you there. Anyway... Let's go on to what this podcast is about. Uh, Luke Regan and I went down to the training ground this week to speak to Wolves midfielder Dave Edwards on the series of blogs that he's writing on his recovery from injury. Lovely fellow, wasn't he? Really nice guy. Yeah. And this is what Dave Edwards had to say. Thank you for speaking to us. Um, firstly, how is the injury recovery going? Yeah, well, I'm only sort of two weeks now since the operation, but... Uh... Yeah, I think everyone seems to be quite happy with it. Um, yeah. All the medical teams seem happy, and I've felt no pain either since probably the second or third day after surgery. So it's um, yeah, it's all positive. And I kind of had a, the same injury sort of about three or four years back on my right foot, and I remember I, I struggled for a good three or four weeks after the surgery of that. So I'm, I think I'm a lot better off than I was at this yeah. point then. So now I'm happy with it. Yeah. So you've, you've started to write this blog series, Recovery to Injury, yeah. from Injury, and you've gone into a lot of detail, obviously, about what kind of goes on, what kind of inspired you to write this series? Well, obviously, having some injuries in the past, um, I, I wanted to kind of take my focus away from not playing football and try and make it into some sort of positive, if I could, in any sort of way. And, yeah, I just thought that it might be a way that I could still kind of interact with the fans. Obviously, when you do get injured, sometimes you kind yeah. of... You get forgotten about it a little bit, so I thought it'd be nice to be able to do something. But also, I thought it'd be a good insight for um, people just interested in football, really, of actually what goes on. Because I think people might assume that when someone's injured, that's it; they just rest yeah, up until yeah. they're fit, and that's it. Whereas, realistically, um, it obviously being injured is, is a footballer's worst nightmare. But even more so that you're being longer than the fit lads at training, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you do a lot; you'll be in a lot more days and. Um, everything involved it, and then that's not even getting started on the mental side of things as well. I imagine you're probably in there more than you would have been, say, if you'd just been playing on the first team. So. Yeah, of course, yeah. Well, we're, we're in, um, so you have to be in the treatment room ready to go at half nine. Yeah. And so, obviously, coming from Shrewsbury, so um, it's an awkward time for me because I usually get in before that, to be honest, when I'm training, but it's a bit of an awkward time now because you hit the school traffic in Wolverhampton around nine o'clock. Oh, yeah. I.e. Yeah. you either need to make the decision you're going to get in before nine or if you're going to be coming yeah. just after nine, it's going to add an extra sort of 20 minutes, half an hour in your journey. Yeah. So I'm trying to find the balance in that at the moment. <laughs> just come in, come yeah. here and sit there for a bit and have a chill in the coffee. Exactly, it? yeah. Um, but then you'll, you'll be here till sort of half three, four o'clock um, in Jalazavi, whereas the first team boys, they usually have two double sessions a week, but if they haven't got those double sessions, then... Once they finish, it's kind of up to them what they do. Mm. Whether the lads are very professional, to be fair, and they will stay and do bits and bobs. But say after they've had their dinner, then then they're off home. It can be a bit of a lonelier place in the yeah. afternoon for the injured boys. Let's go back to a, a QPR. You, in your blog, you mentioned you hear that crack. Yeah. What goes through your head at that moment? Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I definitely knew as soon as I did it. I knew I'd done it. Uh, I knew the sort of the injury 
uh, with the sort of history on the other foot. I never ever had a crack on the other side um, per se, but I had um, sort of a stress fracture, so it developed over sort of two or three months of pain really, the last injury, whereas this, I kind of got into position, as soon as I did it, I had that same pain that I had on the other side, but I heard the sort of the crack in my boot, okay. and I remember the physio came in on and I just I said, oh, it's my fifth met, it's my fifth met, because I sort of knew, <laughs> knew the area quite well. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know my body too well, yeah. it's always a, a That's bad not necessarily sight, always you know. a good sign, is it? <laughs> no, definitely not, and uh, yeah, so uh, I said that, and straight away the, the question was, oh, did you hear a crack? And I don't know, guard just goes up. I was like, no, no, I heard nothing. Yeah. Sort of trying to kid myself. Yeah. Uh, I remember saying to him, oh, the pain's in my ankle now, I should be okay. And yeah, just, I wanted to carry on, even just to, in, in my mind, try and trick myself that I was yeah. going to be okay. Because straight away, it sounds bizarre, but within that split 10, 15 seconds, going through my head, I'm thinking, right, this is three months out. If I broke my fifth mat, I'm, th- I'm out for three months. Yeah. Trying to work out, is that the season done for me? this is going to kill my chances for the Euros, yeah. all, all these things in the space of sort of 10 seconds. So um, I was determined to get up and, and try and give it a go. And I kind of went off the pitch and it didn't feel too bad, to be honest. As I kind of walked back on the pitch, as soon as I tried to step into a jog, I just, you could hear a crunch in my boot and it was horrible. Oh. I kept giving all the time and straight away I just turned around. It's, the, it's the worst feeling when you realise that you, you're not like, I don't want to say it's invincible, but you think you're going to be okay and yeah. then you realise you don't. I mean, yeah. when I saw my ligaments, I've tried to play on for about 10, 15 minutes. Now. Yeah. And I think you know all the yeah. time, don't you? But you're just trying to keep going. It's, it's, stuff it's like, like the old soldier act almost. You want, yeah. you want to be more invincible than you are. So. Yeah. And like, it's, um, it's mad that's what sort of adrenaline can do because I kind of I came back on tried to jog it's obviously too painful then got off into the into the treatment room and from when I sat down in the treatment room the first time I put my foot down was actually this morning so from that space oh, right. so in the space of what's well, so just over two weeks um, from jogging on the pitch I put my foot down until this morning I got this spaceman boot on today <laughs> um, which means I can put a little bit of weight through it so um, yeah. that's the first time since as a professional footballer, over the years, have you seen the technology kind of change with kind of in how injuries are treated and, and what kind of physios can do now? Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's a bit kind of space age yeah, in some ways. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's say space age, just so, so more advanced. And I remember when I was at, at Shrewsbury and at the time you sort of, Shrewsbury had one physio which would kind of look after everyone. Um, they'd have sort of no muscles or, or anything like that. And they, I used to feel sorry for them because they would have to rehab people, they'd have to treat people, rehab people, go in the gym with them, they'd be yeah. no sort of sports science guys or anything like that. And uh, yeah, basically at the game there, though, we had a, an ultrasound machine, which was reasonably modern back then, but whatever injury you had, you had an ultrasound machine and you had ice, and that was your day. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you would do. And then um, you'd go in the gym and do sort of upper bodies in the gym at the old game meds, it wasn't um, anything like it. So this training growth, believe me, it was just like someone's game. Spit and sort of stuff. Yeah, it was, if you can imagine your granddad having some weights in his garage, that's what it was like. <laughs> As, yeah, so it's changed so much. Yeah. And we, are, we are so lucky. You know, it definitely helps recovery time. You shave off your sort of weeks off your injuries and sort of every... Because if you look at it, it's for the club, it's such a big investment what they play yeah. players in, price tags and wages and stuff. So if they're not actually on the field of play, then it's a bad investment. So it's critical that mm-hmm. um, you can shave off any time you can. And obviously with all the facilities here that I'm sure you guys have seen, it's, yeah. it really is incredible. And we are lucky, really. Uh, even if it does mean long days. Yeah. <laughs> you, were, you talk a lot about the mental side as well. Is that as, as important to kind of recover from in the sense that you've got a lot of free time in your hands? Your mind might kind of go off and think things. Is, is that just as important to get yourself motivated from yeah. the 
injury. It is, yeah. And again, writing this blog, I thought it'd be a good time for me to do it rather than knowing what I've been through in sort of previous injuries and stuff because I've kind of almost like found myself sort of mentally recently um, in terms of being a lot more positive about everything. And that's just a, a conscious decision I made in my everyday life to be like that. And it came off the back of some, some bad injuries, really. Um, especially when I had a back injury, I was out for sort of seven, eight months. And, and then it was when um, I hurt the other foot uh, with the broken metatarsal and I found myself just not really wanting to be around the place, just wanting mm. to be at home and sulking and at the time I sort of had obviously two children and wife at home and it wasn't really fair on them and I yeah. kind of, there was another physio here at the time who's now Everton called um, Carl Howarth, he kind of really got into my mind then about, mm. about being positive, gave me sort of different books and stuff to read. And since then, I've kind of gone away, and I've, it's really sort of transformed my life and the way I think about things. And I'm able to take a lot more things with a pinch of salt and not get too bothered by people's opinions, which I think is massive in football. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, Especially on social media. Exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so social media and then newspapers and whatever, yeah. then it's, it's important not to take Do you find that so- social media has changed the way you look at the game? Or? Yeah, it definitely has. It's definitely helped, first and foremost, because I think never did um, fans really have any sort of interaction with players mm-hmm. before social media they just kind of listen to an interview on the radio or yeah. a, a thing on the newspaper and a lot of the time that's sort of quite manufactured mm-hmm. um, everyone goes into interview mode and you don't really get you're too scared to say anything whereas now you do get I suppose it's great for the journalists but you do get some players who will go on there a bit hot-headed after the game <laughs> and they'll vent on there and it's it's brilliant for fans to see it's not great probably on, on their behalf but um, I do think you're going to start to see a big switch now in social media where especially the top players they're going to become looked after social media yeah. wise because they can't afford it to affect yeah. their brands if you like and I think that's the way it will go but it's definitely interesting it's nothing better than wake up in the morning and someone's been out on the beer and they've got some funny tweets on isn't there and you think no, this is their no, 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 what you mean is they've been hacked yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hacked yeah so um, no, I think it's, it's great for the game and as long as you're on there for the, the right reasons and you know that you're going to yeah. get um, some sort of abuse at times but yeah. as long as you don't take it to heart then it, it's great isn't it yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you, you kind of touched on there about the kind of personal side I guess what fans don't realise if with an injury that um, there's a lot of personal things going on you've got to kind of cope with and deal with like you, you're going home and yeah. you've got your family to look after but you've also got an injury where you can't, you're not as mobile Yeah, is that just as tough in a sense or is it how it, does it work it is it's um, the first couple of days it's it's, it's okay because you're kind yeah. of you're getting weighted on and, and things like that as much as you can but as I say sort of coming to the end of my second week now and I'm going to be on crutches for at least another two weeks I think and if my wife was in here doing the interview then um, I think you would <laughs> ask her as you say she's starting to get a little bit fed up of it yeah. to see her sort of the, the, the patient's where it's been yeah, up yeah definitely there's, when only, there's only so many protein <laughs> chains and recovery aids exactly. that can fetch you you're, you're putting this on a bit <laughs> <laughs> seems to be the cup of teas I asked for as soon as I asked her a cup of tea the first couple of days she's like yeah no worries I'll bring it in you sit down whereas now can you not make it and I'm like no well I have to, if I make it in the kitchen it means I've got to drink it in the kitchen because I can't hobble through to the lounge so yeah, her patience is, is definitely starting to go a little bit. So. Is she having to drive you in as well, or are you? No, I'm. Well, I'm okay now. I can kind of. I'm lucky. I've got an automatic car and yeah. it's my other foot, so I can I can get about a little yeah. bit. But the club were good enough to sort of the first um, ten days, so to put taxis on that you can kind of get to and from. But um, that was quite difficult because I find the car. I don't know if you you guys, it's kind of your own space, and oh, yeah. it's where I got a lot, a lot of my work done. I get my sort of hands free um, phone kit on and sort yeah. of make all the phone calls I need to make and. <laughs> 
it kind of passes a lot of time. So Pro- it's, private it's, time is what you do. Yeah, so it's good. But um, yeah, so personal side again, it's it, it is difficult. Yeah. Everyone hates being injured. It's when you're playing and you're playing well and you're winning. It's sort of such everything just feels so easy. Um, and obviously, if you add the losing into it or go for a bad run, it does start to affect your personal life a little bit. Whereas I think I've got better at that. Um, but then not being able to affect what goes on on the pitch that's the that's the hardest point mm-hmm. I find. And um, like watching the scores coming on on Saturday and a Tuesday night it's, it is difficult yeah. and you do have to realise you can't really do anything about it but it does um, get frustrating Are there any tips you would give to anyone who perhaps in a sporting profession have been in your position or you know anybody who perhaps might be out of work because yeah. they've got an injury they can't go what have you kind of learned from your previous experience that has helped you going forward um, I think your mindset's key um, I kind of there's a few things I try and switch my focus away from football as much as I can so mm-hmm. I look at different things and I'm quite lucky obviously got a young family at home which I can focus on I've got yeah. a few different business interests at the moment which I can put a bit more energy into um, and then just um, I the other thing I do is kind of do a lot of sort of gratitude stuff so I kind of if ever I'm feeling low or anything like that then I try and make a list a mental list in my head of all the things I'm, I'm grateful for so I'll start thinking about family and, yeah. and sort of the job I've got and, and stuff like that and it, it soon raises your mood and I find I have sort of triggers uh, so it's quite deep on my side. stuff. I have triggers in my mind, which I kind of learned over the last sort of two or three years. That if you are ever feeling um, sort of low or anything like that, then I kind of go to those mental triggers, and whether it be my little ones laughing and playing yeah. or things like that, just something to kind of raise your raise your energy a little bit. And I, I seem to do that, and it seems to be something that works for me. Yeah. And straight away, I've, I've sort of, after a day of kind of being a little bit angry about the injury then yeah. um, I've been I've been fine since knowing that the only way I'm going to get better is by doing my work in the gym and, and that's it really Have you found that like the sports psychology side of the game has helped your game overall or, like you say taking yeah. into account triggers yeah. like mindsets has that helped you as a player? Yeah definitely I think it, should, it helps sort of every aspect of life but even more so football and I think again this is something which is going to become a lot bigger in football mm-hmm. and, and sport because realistically you, you look at a player, um, say whoever player it is, and from one week to the next, their actual technical ability hasn't changed one bit. But mm. one game they might be a ten out of ten, the next game they might yeah. be a three out of ten, and the only thing that's changed is what goes on in their mind. And mm. this confidence is such a huge factor in football. And you know when someone's playing with confidence, and when someone's yeah. kind of really struggling with it. So um, it is important, and I do think there'll be more sort of strategies introduced, and more sports psychologists working with football clubs because such a um, a multi-million dollar industry now isn't it that those sort of edges are, are important they're bigger than what you think and mm-hmm. if clubs are willing to pay however much on sort of tactical technology yeah, and yeah, yeah. medical teams and stuff like that then I think there's a big jump to be made in the psychological side of things as well so uh, the big 3 has come up recently yeah. yourself <laughs> do, you, do you have to look at things differently now in a sense or before was it kind of in your mind or do you, the way you train or or you don't, do you have to look at things differently or, or has it not, not really been any different um, I wouldn't, wouldn't say too much different I just obviously when you, when you hit 30 for some reason even though you, I'm over halfway through my career and things like that all of a sudden when you get to 30 it's almost like a countdown started <laughs> <laughs> and you can hear that music going I've seen you I think you're going to go on for it really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hitting it next year so I'm just yeah. trying to yeah. 26 just, um, <laughs> that's the thing I can the way I feel at the moment, sort of legs wise, energy wise, all that sort of thing, then I, I can't understand how the body slows down, but it does seem to hit people at 33, 34, all of a sudden it's 
slam in the face all of a sudden they can't do what they were doing before <laughs> and um, it does seem to happen quick I'm, I'm reading sort of Stephen Gerrard's autobiography at the moment and um, yeah, I think he said right up to 33 he thought yeah I'm fine and what's yeah. it all about and then all of a sudden they had one season where he thought I'm just I'm not at the pace where I need to be to affect the game so um, just sort of wait for that time to come out but at the moment so I can't really see it happening because I do feel obviously bad with injury but I do feel <coughs> fit and strong yeah. but yeah it's definitely moving into my twilight years <laughs> and I've the injuries in the middle part of my career, they, they were obviously horrible at the time, but looking back, they were kind of almost a positive in the way that I looked at preparing for myself after football. On the injury front again, you talked about um, watching programmes, getting Netflix on. Yeah. What's the programme you watch at the moment? Well, I just finished Making a Murderer, yeah. um, which I thought was very, very good. Um, Did you do it? Or didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I've not got two years. Yeah, so yeah. I'm still working my way for have well, I don't yeah, suppose it would matter to the end no. anyway. It's either one or the other. Yeah. So it's all opinionated, isn't yeah. it, I suppose. Um, right the way through, I didn't think so, but yeah. look, I don't know. It's, um, I'm, I find myself Googling all sorts of facts at the end, at the end of the programme, <laughs> trying to find out a bit more. And, but yeah, I, I did love that. But I do, I do like a series. I'm sort yeah. of, it's an away trip thing for me. I don't really watch too much telly at home, but mm. on the buses and sort of at hotels, and I'll put programmes on so I've, I've seen seen most of the box sets yeah. um, I, I did like my favourite I would say was probably Homeland yeah. um, the first season and then the one that's just been the one that's on telly was, was really good yeah. there's a lot of Breaking Bad comparisons have you watched or did you watch Breaking Bad yeah I've seen, I've seen Breaking Bad and it took me a while to work out what was going on <laughs> with the comparisons but then because um, I kind of I watched it when they was first coming out really yeah. so it's kind of um, quite a few years ago but no, it's a good program, and they are—they are funny. <laughs> Have you had any nicknames in the past? You've kind of thought, "Why are they calling me that?" At all? Uh, <laughs> or you've heard any? Not that I've heard of. <laughs> <laughs> or any other place you know, like especially in this team where they've got a nickname, and you, you, people are like, well, "Why are they calling me?" You? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is probably completely irrelevant to yeah. that. But when um, when uh, Nigel Quasi was here, do you remember when yeah. he came here on Yeah. He. Um, he used to call uh, Steers, which is Tim. He used to call him Stern. So he, I, I, he just thought that was his name, I think. He thought his name was Stern. And then he called him Stern. He called him Sternsy for his duration. <laughs> so, but no one ever got, I felt I had the heart to tell him. And he used to, he's called Kevin. I'll, I'll be honest, if he, if he called me anything, I don't think I'd tell him. He was yeah. a scary yeah. looking dude. <laughs> he's not the sort of bloke I'd want to tell him he was wrong yeah. on anything. So, yeah. so there's that. And I've had a few, a few of the, the French ones, especially Sacco. He, can, he would never be able to say Edo, as everyone calls me. So he'd always call me Edo. So I'd think, Got some talented Brazilian midfielder, <laughs> so I used to enjoy that one. Um, and that's about it. European Championships this summer, yeah. obviously, we're all hoping you get back and fit ready for them. Yeah. Would you say that would be kind of the, the height of your kind of the best thing that's happened in your career representing Wales at such a massive tournament? Yeah, I think so. And I think it would be for sort of for anyone to play a major tournament, or even to, to just be in the squadron yeah. and be involved in it, it'll be, it'll be something huge. You say at the age of 30 now. Realistically, I've maybe got this and maybe one more campaign which I can sort of be pushing to be in the squad for. As the injuries come at the wrong time, but no, it'd be an absolute dream to play because a lot of the time you probably see in interviews and stuff. A lot of the time I kind of go to the end of my career already and kind of say, well, when I'm finished and I'm older, then I'll look back at certain points in my yeah. career and I'll be very proud. And um, that'll be a moment which. You know what I mean? When you're 60, 70 years old, I'm boring people in the public. People, I went to the university, <laughs> and if I got to play there, it'd be even better. So it'd be, it'd be amazing. And yeah. I know I pray my family be, and 
my little boy would be so excited and uh, yeah it'd be, be really special and I really hope that obviously um, I can get back fit and then I can have enough games to, to prove myself to, to be selected. Yeah. Score against your old buddy Joe That'd be in nice, Wales. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well it's you look at the, um, the Man City game you couldn't have sort of wrote a script like that at yeah. home and um, I kind of from what we kind of been together from when we were younger and sort of knowing each other so well uh, it'd be it'd be amazing not just to play against them but to manage to score a goal and I don't know if it'd be like back in more rounds than after <laughs> if we won the game but <laughs> no it would be special it'd be very special I've seen on Twitter as well you're a big fan of Football Manager who would play the place a bit yeah what's your kind of best achievement on there uh, well I used to absolutely I used to love it when I was younger, when I was sort of in my, my school years, I used to, um, there was me and two other of my, my best mates and I remember during our GCSEs there was exams that we needed to revise for and we used to go right to his house and he, he had the computer set up and it was, I think it was called Premier League Manager back then, I think the one we yeah. had and we were Shrewsbury and we had 120,000 all-seater stadium, <laughs> <laughs> we, won, we won the Champions League, we'd done everything so that was sort of the main thing but nowadays it's it's almost got to a stage where there's too much going on on there so I almost prefer yeah. to play on the iPad version where yeah. it's more you just kind of buy your players and get on with things where it's gone into that much tactical detail that yeah. I'm more of I sit on the coach and I sit next to someone who's playing it because we've got I'd say Pricey Jack Price and Adam and Fondra they, yeah. they absolutely love it they do they're, they're manic on it so I'll go I'll go along and got a bit of stick off Pricey one trip because he um I was a bit disturbed actually. I was only on the game. I was thirty-three, and he looked for me, and I had retired. That's an omen that didn't particularly leave. No, so um, and I was out of work, so he hired me as an assistant manager, <laughs> and then um, he got the sack about. He was at Shrewsbury at the time. He got the sack about um, six months later, so he was determined that I'd just gone in and put a knife in his back, and I was, I was, I was after the job all along. So, how, often, um, how often have you shot yourself? Uh, well, so I don't play as much nowadays, but um, I used to. I'd sign myself, and I'd, what was it? Well, I'd look at the money I was on. I think I wish that was real. I wish that was real stuff. But, um, but no, yeah, I'd sign myself and give myself the most money I could just for <laughs> just to build up. Just, just a bit. And then um, make myself feel better for a couple of hours. But <laughs> Did no, you ever look at your own stats and kind of think? Why am I low on that bit? Or yeah. I can't believe I'm high on that bit. <laughs> well, again, my my mates always tell me can't this, but it's probably probably right again. My my two what's it, my two or three best stats I think they are on football and they have been for the last sort of three weeks, and they're pretty accurate these stats, aren't they? My three best stats are stamina, okay. work rate, and yep. then off the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I may as well be that, a little distant. I'll explain the 85th, 87th minute headers in the. Uh, yeah. The, <laughs> the corridor of uncertainty. Yeah. Oh, no, as, as a professional footballer and your best attributes off the ball, it's, it's quite. I think that's. <laughs> hopefully, that's enough to get me in the team at times. But um, yeah, no, so it's quite funny. My mates like it anyway. Big thanks to Dave Edwards and the good people at Wolves for letting us interview him. Um, as then, like we said before, great guy. Absolutely spanking fellow. Really nice guy, really polite. Took the effort to get to know us a bit as well and really can't say speak highly enough of him. You can read more of Dave's blogs and continue the series 
on his website, daveedwards4.blogspot.co.uk. Uh, but for this fancast special, thanks very much for listening. Yeah, thank you, guys. We'll be back, as usual, on the regular podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, Opera Creative. Look for a new website or web solution. Check them out at operacreative.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, website. We've said it enough now, so you should know where it all is. Generally, it's Wolves Football Fancast Show and click like or at WWFC Fancast. Save Dave saying it. Or Wolves Fancast. Just search Wolves yeah, Fancast. If you just search Wolves Fancast, you're bound to find just us. Just go Google Wolves Fancast. We're not saying we're not we're not trying to be big headed here, but we're kind of a big deal. No, we're not gonna get that far. No, that's <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this special. We'll be back as usual on the podcast, but for this special, it's bye from Regan. Cheers guys. And it's bye from me. We'll see you next time. Explore Beyond the Stratosphere in Museum of the Bible's compelling exhibition, Scripture and Science, Our Universe, Ourselves, Our Place, in Washington, D.C., open now through January 15th. Featuring artifacts from trailblazers in history like Isaac Newton, Nicholas Copernicus, and hidden figures like Dorothy Vaughn, this exhibit guides you through groundbreaking discoveries and thought-provoking questions. Come and see how Scripture and Science have shaped our world. Get your tickets today at museumofthebible.org.